Good morning, church. I hope you're well. I hope lockdown is continuing to treat you in a good way. Um, I hope that you're still enjoying the company of those around you. Um, but today it's great to welcome you into my home. Um, and it's been one of the things that I've enjoyed a lot over lockdown is seeing into people's homes. We go through the keyhole into people's houses to see how neat and tidy all of you are um, and to see how nicely decorated some of your homes are. And so in light of that, I decided to bring you to the newly decorated part of my house. We bought some paint just before lockdown. Uh, we thought we might have some time to do some painting uh, during this period. Um, and we brought you to, I brought you here today to see our fantastically well painted hall. Um, but that's not the reason that we're here. That's not the reason I'm on camera today. Um, but we're gonna consider Paul in Acts 23. And what an incredible passage of scripture we're looking at today. And after we've finished, I would encourage you to go and finish the chapter um, from verse 12 onwards, as there's a, it's a thrilling story of a murder plot, a secret messenger, and even a nighttime escape. So do go and read that after we've finished. But let's consider Paul. Paul and his life were never dull. Paul had some absolutely ridiculous experiences, some incredible stories to tell. And, and you can imagine if Paul had been a grandfather, that he would have sat his grandchildren down and he would go, let me tell you a story. And you can bet they would have listened. And they would have listened so intently. And what about this story that we looked at today? Paul is on trial in front of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council. He stands boldly there giving his defence and then he gets slapped for that. He then accuses the high priest of being a whitewashed wall and that he should be slapped also for breaking the law. He then rescinds his words when he discovers who that is. He then creates some chaos in the room by pitting the beliefs of the Pharisees against the beliefs of the Sadducees who sit on the council, all whilst he sits and watches them argue. Paul is then taken away for fear that he'll be ripped apart. And then to top it all off, just a night later, God draws near to him and tells him that he's going to share the gospel in Rome. He's going to start fulfilling all that God has planned, sharing the gospel to all the corners of the earth. What an absolute whirlwind of a passage. I absolutely love reading this and taking the time to study it. For me, this passage just really shows off the character of Paul and what an amazing character he was. That man was fearless. Can you imagine standing there in front of the leaders of Jerusalem, the Sanhedrin, the 70 most powerful people in the country, a lot of whom probably hated Paul, um, some probably would have known him from before, and he, they probably hated him for what he was standing for now. But yet he looks them straight, square in the eyes, and says that he has been fulfilling the will of God. Now this statement is what gets Paul slapped. You think that might take the wind out of his sails, but no. Paul turns and he doesn't hold back suggesting that the high priest should be slapped for breaking the law and calls him a whitewashed wall, a term that Jesus himself had used against the religious leaders, implying that they were nice and clean on the outside, but on the inside, they were crumbling and filled with decay. Paul is then nudged and is pointed to the fact that this is the high priest who he has just said be slapped. 
Paul, seeing the error of his way, says that he did not know and says that we should not speak evil about the ruler of our people. Paul is, of course, referring back to the words of Exodus 23 here. He's showing that he holds scripture above his own opinion. He's showing respect even in the midst of disagreement. Then Paul sets the cat amongst the pigeons. He says in verse 6 that he too was a Pharisee, that he believed the same as they did, and instantly Paul split the room. Pharisees versus Sadducees. And you can imagine Paul just sitting back and watching his handiwork unfold as they argued with one another and disputed and probably just got incredibly angry and frustrated with each other. And it's not often we find ourselves in the Bible uh, rooting for the Pharisees, but here we do. It felt awfully strange to be supporting the Pharisees as they stood up for Paul and what he believed in. All the while as I read this, I was transported to the verses in Matthew 10, 16 to 20. And if you have a Bible, it'd great if you turn it with me now. This is when Jesus sent out his apostles for the first time on their own. And he said this, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your spirit of your father speaking through you. Paul was as shrewd as a snake and as innocent as, dove, as a dove. And at many times, whenever I consider his letters, Paul was also as subtle as a brick. Paul knew what he was doing in front of the Sanhedrin. He knew what to say. He knew when to say it. And he knew how to say it. And a lot of Christians say they don't know what to say when being questioned about their faith or how to share their faith with people who don't believe. And chances are a, lot of, a large majority of us won't be on trial or in front of a court for our faith. But you might feel questioned or even a little on trial from friends, family, colleagues when it comes to your faith. And for those who are wanting to be able to share your faith, we can learn a lot from Paul. We can learn a lot from Paul how he went about it. We can also learn a lot from the apostles and take encouragement from the verses that we've just read. But before we consider how, let's consider why. Why did Paul do this? Why did Paul keep getting himself into trouble over and over again? There must have been a reason why Paul did this. And as I read through this passage the first few times, I was sure its main point was to show us the character of Paul. And that today I should encourage you to be like Paul, to be brave, that he was brave and that we could be brave too in wanting to share the good news of Jesus, which I hope we will be. And I encourage us to do as well. But why, why should we do that? 
Maybe you were that child who always asked why. Maybe you're a parent or a teacher to that child that always asks why. They need to know the motivation or the reason to do something before they do. And in the centre of this passage, in verse 6, we find out why Paul is doing this. As he turned to the Sanhedrin, he said, I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Paul's confidence, his ministry, his mission was built on this statement. He stood up and spoke to people not just because he liked it or liked causing trouble. He did it, did it because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. He built his life on what Jesus had done for him and what Jesus has done for us. As I said before, Paul was about as subtle as a brick. Paul had one message he wanted everyone to know, and it was the gospel. The good news that Jesus had died for our sins and that he rose for us to give us hope. <clears throat> Paul, in his famous letter to the Romans, wrote this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The reason we meet every Sunday, the reason we gather together in small groups midweek is because of Jesus. Because we too stand because of the hope we have, we have in Jesus' resurrection. A hope that is for all people, both in the present and in the future. But what does that hope look like for us? A few years back, our church vision was to speak hope. And in many ways, it is still there as we want to speak hope to people. We want to speak hope into people's lives to help them come home to God. The hope we have is both for now and the not yet. Our hope for the future is of eternity. Eternity with Jesus. Salvation from our sins and wrongdoing. The hope of heaven where there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain. And we get to go home to God and share in that heavenly banquet. Our hope for now is life alongside Jesus. Jesus walking with us every day, every step of the way. Because Jesus died and rose again, I can face all that life has to throw at me, with me by my side. And it feels timely to tell this story um, of whenever I've experienced that, whenever I've experienced Jesus alongside me, that hope we have for today. It's almost five years to the day that I first set my foot in the door of St. Mark's. I was here to have an interview um, about potentially coming over to be a ministry training. I came over for the day. I spent a wonderful time with Mark Thomas and Quinn Delport, um, two former members of the staff. And then I went home. And amazingly, after a Skype, second Skype interview with Paul and Sarah, I got offered a role at St. Mark's. Now, before I accepted that, uh, I had some final year exams to finish, so I put that to bed for a while um, and I wanted to focus on my exams before I made that decision. 
I wanted to get the exams out of the way before I could think of what was next. I finished my, my exams a week or two later and I was free. I'd finished university, I'd finished what I thought potentially education. Um, there was no worries, I had nothing to concern me. But a few days later, almost, uh, it was almost Sunday, it hit me that everything lay open before me. Everything was open and unclear. It, for me, it felt like being in a boat and all I could see was horizon. I didn't know what was going to happen next. And it was quite a daunting prospect for me. Um, I had a job offer at home, but I also had this opportunity to go to London. This option, opportunity that would change my life. But it was incredibly scary. Everything was good at home. Why would I leave? And that Sunday night, I went with a friend to his church and we sang a song to close the service. And the words go like this. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. It didn't matter which decision I made, to stay or to go, which job I took. What mattered is that Jesus lives. Because of the resurrection, I don't need to live in fear because Jesus walks alongside me, not just today, but every day. So today, as we go back to that question of how we share our faith, it starts with why. It starts with standing on the resurrection of Jesus. And as we consider sharing with those around us in the midst of all that is happening in the world, we're to do as Paul did. Stand on the hope of the resurrection of Jesus. But also think a little bit about his character. Be as shrewd as snakes. Be wise and wary of what's happening around and in front of us. To be as innocent as doves. Living obediently in Jesus' name. And finally, my hope and my prayer is that you'll be as subtle as a brick. Uncompromising when it comes to the gospel the hope that Jesus has for us now and forevermore. Thanks for listening. Let's just take a moment and pray, guys. Lord Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this time that we've been able to share together. Give you thanks for this time that we get to open your scriptures and let them speak to us. And Lord, we give you thanks that we stand on the hope of the resurrection of Jesus, that he is with us, both now and forevermore. Lord, just draw alongside us in these difficult times and help us to come into your presence even more closely. In your son's name I pray. Amen.